we go to work and when we're Welcome to Whining Whining with with Nurses. nurses. I'm Jen. And I'm Kat. And And we're here to talk about um, just a little bit of whining. Tonight, though, we're missing a key ingredient. (laughs) We're missing the wine. (laughs) Yeah, we're missing the wine. It's just Kat and I, and since I really can't drink right now. Yeah, because she's pregnant. (laughs) Because the pregnant thing. How far are you now? Twenty weeks, just about. Twenty weeks. officially tomorrow. Are you showing? Um, I'm trying I'll to stand peek. up later so you can okay. see. It's like when I wear tight clothes like this, it's a little bit easier to see. Yeah. But if I'm wearing my scrubs at work, I'm pretty sure I could hide it pretty easily. Do you feel my any patients l- don't know? No, I haven't felt any movement yet, which is a little stressful. But they said your first pregnancy, you might yeah. not feel it for a while, and maybe I'm feeling something, and I think it's just gas or something. Yeah. Also, like if you have a, I think a placenta yes. in the front, you won't say. be able to feel yeah. much. Yeah, and that's what I heard, and I'm not sure if I do or not. I have right. a feeling I do since the first couple scans I had, they couldn't find the baby. Okay. They couldn't find the baby on the abdominal ultrasound. Right. Did I tell you that? Huh. Uh, I don't. I might not. I so don't then. Know. Um, they had to do a vaginal one. Isn't that oh, exciting? Yeah. Okay. And then they found it. <laughs> it was super pleasant. Yeah. yeah. The baby is very difficult already. Oh, hopefully they don't have to do that every time. I, no, they didn't. Last time when okay. I was there at 16 weeks, they did it. Okay. And it was abdominal. Like they found him right away. Yeah. By the way, it's a him. Yeah. Woo, yeah. Gender reveal yeah. on the it's podcast. He, which is what I thought it was. And everybody pretty much thought it was, except I think. You didn't, right? Yeah, you thought it was I, t- a girl. I thought it was a girl because yeah. you were like, "Oh, we have um, oh, yeah. this name and this name for boys, but we have this name for a girl, but we're still trying to think of one that starts with a J." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, why would they still be thinking?" That's if, funny. I yeah. thought I was giving it away when I was like, "We have some boy names." <laughs> I know you saved it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's okay. Um, but since we're not drinking a wine, I was gonna tell you about the what I had on the gender reveal yeah. party day. Tell, tell. Which was, because I was like, I'm going to have just my four ounces that I'm allowed to have. Uh-huh. This is a special occasion. Mm-hmm. And somebody had opened a Gloria Ferrer <gasps> bubbly. Yeah. Gloria and Ferrer. I found it oh in our fridge and I was cooking dinner later that night and I was like, oh, perfect. And there was like four ounces for Jessup, four ounces for me. Uh-huh. And it was four ounces of heaven. Oh my God. I bet since you haven't had anything in 20 weeks. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. But I was eating it or I was drinking it while I was eating. Uh So that's what they say, of course. Like you don't want to drink it straight up when on empty stomach. Yeah. But I felt like even then I was like, wow, like I wouldn't want to drink any more than this. Yeah. My tolerance has gone to zero. (laughs) Hey, well, it's going to like save you money in the end. It is. When you're done, you'll be like, oh, one sip of wine. (laughs) And this already not drinking is saving me a ton of money, except for the fact that all it's fall and all of the wine, all my wine club shipments are right now. Uh, are you still getting them and like saving them? I am. There's one that I chose to email them and I just said, can you defer until May? Right. So they were fine with that. Yeah. And I haven't done that with the others yet, but this one was like a bigger bottle. How shipment. many do you have? Three and a half. <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> yes. I have Limerick Lane. I have La Crema. Uh-huh. I have Deloche. And mm-hmm. then my mom and I share VJB, which is like, it's pretty much a case twice a year. So we just uh-huh. share that. That yeah. sounds delicious. It's all really good wineries, so yeah. I really don't think I can give one up. <laughs> Have you brought any of those to the podcast yet? Um, d- 
did I bring a Limerick Lane? I felt like I did, but maybe I didn't. Maybe that was one just Sarah and I did it a while back. But yeah, I can't. I plan to. Yeah, when we can well, really enjoy. You don't have to like save. You yeah. know, bring. No, your we will. Oh, I was gonna bring a VJB last time, so I'll bring it next time when it's all of us. Yeah, or so do or wait until you can actually drink again, yeah. so you like get a benefit of. Your I know, subscription. but yeah, I'll probably bring. I had a Primtivio that I wanted to bring from VJB oh. that we can all enjoy. Yeah, so that sounds good. Well, yeah. that's fun. You're having a boy. Yes. Are you gonna announce the name, or are you gonna keep it? Um. That's a good question. I guess I can announce the name. We like the name Jax because we wanted to keep the J names. Uh huh. J A X. J A X. That's really cute. So nobody goes stealing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you do, just I came up with it first. There you go. Yeah. That's cute. And then last, actually, maybe don't share that, but that's a really cute name. Um, (laughs) I like that. And then, how was your week? What was happening? Uh, I know yeah. a couple things. Yeah. So the <laughs> the main talking point was it was uneventful except the four Carter um, came home from class on Thursday night. And then I said, well, why don't you just hop in and help me cook dinner? So he took this brand new, really fancy Asian chef's knife that so our knives are usually... Uh, our American knives are like sharp on one side. Uh-huh. And then the other side is... Um, you know, not sharp. Yeah, I don't know. And then these knives are sharp on both sides. Really? So it cuts, it's great. It cuts yeah. really nicely. And it also cut very nicely through his fingertip. <laughs> and so, oh no, this is what happens when men help yeah, in the kitchen. No, really, he does this all the time. So oh, I, And I said right before he cut himself, like, be careful, don't cut yourself because it was with his new knife. And he's like, wow, this is really oh, sharp. And then right after that, it just went right through his thumb. Oh. And he cut like a third. It's always the thumb. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always right in the way there. It is. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, I'll have to post a picture of what it yes. looks like, like before yeah. and after. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> it was like really like hanging off. So it's about oh. like a third of his thumbnail plus the finger part was hanging off. And he goes to the sink and he kind of like looks up at me. His face is like, he's like what should I do? You know? Oh, my God. Both of us had cussed and like been upset like right before that. And then we both like calmed down. And I was like, okay, sit You're down like, in a chair because you look like a ghost. He was, he says he was totally fine. And I believe him. He just like looked really pale. Yeah. Um, wrapped his finger. And then I said, okay, we have to go to the hospital. And he's never been to a hospital in his life. So he was like, why? What do you mean? You, do you, mean? you can't fix this baby. Like, I know. Like, you're gosh. a nurse. Um, so he went over to Memorial and waited for a couple hours. And the, the art doctor was really, really nice. Um, and he just kind of looked at it, numbed it up and put like four sutures in. So I'll take him out in like 10 days. Yeah. So it was beyond the glue. I guess uh, he didn't even mention that as an option. Mm. I don't know. Um, He was like lifting up the whole flap, you know, and cleaning it. And Carter's watching. And I was like, I don't even want to watch this. (laughs) Like, meh. Um, And then he put a suture like directly through the middle of his fingernail, which is crazy. Wow. Um, He said he felt that one just like a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of painful. Yeah. Um, So he's kind of, we're both like, how's I going to be taking it out? I know. Huh? Um, Well, that's interesting. How long are they going to be in? Um, so he said about 10 days. So we get back from my like 30th birthday trip, um, at the 10 day mark, we'll still be in San Diego. And then the next day I'll just take them out and I'm for sure it'll be fine. It's like super sensitive. Now I wrapped it up in a big bandage because the Um, ER nurse just gave him like a bandaid. They didn't give you the metal thing. No. To protect it. And I bought finger condoms. Oh. He needs those. Yeah. Have you seen those? No. Yeah, I might have some still. I, I know because it's really sensitive and you don't want any infection to go on. And yeah. he, the guy literally, nurse, put on a Band-Aid, a regular Band-Aid. 
Just I can't he, believe that. He, and it just and I said, and the ER director was like, "We're going to give you a huge bulky bandage," but the nurse like didn't. Really? He just put a bandaid, and then I don't know. So I got home and put on a huge bulky bandage, which is really yeah, good because he's bumped it without it. And oh it was yeah, like no, really, really painful. Yeah. So. yeah. so I did a similar thing. Uh huh. Um, the night before my 29th birthday. Oh gosh. <laughs> and it was brand new knives that my mom had given me for Christmas. Yeah. And my birthday's in March. So I guess, you know, we'd use them just a couple times. Yeah. And I was just cutting freaking lettuce, like chopping, cutting oh. up romaine. And then I'm like, cut my thumb on the tip and through the nail too. Yeah. And did it like take it off or was it like, well, I'm like, or? I'm okay. And then it's like, you know how it's like delayed. And yeah. it's like, oh, I think this is beyond my control. Yeah. And I'm like, Jess up and he's like yeah I'm like I cut myself and he knows when I say something like that uh-huh. he's like oh do we have to go to the hospital and I'm like yeah. yeah how much was off well it wasn't all the way it doesn't sound as bad as Carter's it wasn't like flapping uh-huh. but it definitely was like halfway through cut. it, ugh, it was, yeah makes me shudder <laughs> just like thinking yeah. about it oh um, my gosh but I had had Kaiser insurance at that time and mm-hmm. it was like you go to the ER and I was all out of my sorts right you know, and I like handed them my ID instead of my um, insurance, insurance card. card. And she's like, are you a member? I'm like, yeah, bitch, I am. <laughs> You're on my fingers yeah, hanging off. and then they off. take, like, I don't know, me. Kaiser's stupid in some ways. But anyway, I won't get into that. Yeah. She, it's just like this totally aloof nurse. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like the triage nurse. It's like yeah. totally different than Memorial, you know, where they actually see traumas. Uh, and right. <laughs> she's like right there, just like takes my manual, or my automatic blood pressure, which I hate anyway. And it's like 140 or something. She's like, um, has anyone ever talked to you about your blood pressure? I'm like, this is I'm not at the, the t- fucking ER yeah. and I'm a nurse. So of course my blood pressure yes. is going to be high for one. And I'm also like, not the time to be talking about that. Yes, exactly. Not the time at all so to be talking dumb. about it. Let's talk about the acute issue here. Yeah. My Jeez. finger is a muzz off. <laughs> did they glue it back on? They did. Together? So then when I got back there, they're like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, I'm a nurse, not here, but mm-hmm. Um, he's like, okay, well, let's try to glue it. And we did. And he gave me a big dressing and they gave me the metal thing to protect it yeah. because that was a lifesaver. Is that what you're calling the condom thing? No. So there was like a splint pretty much. Okay. Like a metal kind of splint that just protect. Right. I've seen those. It was yeah. so tender. Oh, but yeah, I then I have bought the finger condoms mm-hmm. because you what know, is you're that? at work. They're just like, they look like condoms and they just go on your finger <laughs> and there's many different sizes. <laughs> and you just pull them over to kind of protect so if you do, they come in little like Duracell packages. You can like open or whatever Mini they're Duracells. called. Durell. Yeah. I don't Durrell. know what it's called. Trojan. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And this no. we do at the end anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. And you know it's weird. I was looking on social media like this morning and yesterday, and I saw that two other people I know also cut their fingers this past week. Really? I don't know what it's it is. Like, occurrence. yeah. I said, oh, it's like. Yeah. October trying to prepare everyone to be yeah. more Halloween-y or something. And well, how you, how long did you wait again in the evening? Um, I think like it was hours? a total of like three hours. Really? So like, he was just sitting there like holding his finger up and mm-hmm. it was throbbing and oh. Yeah. yeah. Did I they mean, give him any gauze or anything to help No. So like I wrapped it in like a paper towel and then like a moist washcloth from home. And then we just, we, did, <laughs> we didn't have any like... Um, ice packs that were like moldable or malleable, you know, the malleable that you can move around so that it wasn't this hard block. So I just grabbed this frozen pack of lemons that we had from our <laughs> garden and like put that on there. It's actually um, a good idea. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it was okay. No, cause no one even saw him like no doctor and, and it was fine. Like he, it had, it had kind of stuck back onto itself cause we immediately stuck it back on and then yeah. he just held it oh, there. Man. 
Um, yeah, Scary. he was totally fine though. He, he was like, out. "Oh, I've stubbed my toe and it hurt worse than that." Yeah, so, it's just yeah, it's just know. the healing. I know hurts. Yeah, and that that part. I think waiting is, that just oh, sucks. I oh, mean, yeah. like I was telling you earlier, too bad it wasn't yesterday. He came to the ER mm-hmm. because I guess there was only like fifteen patients total. Only one trying to come up to the unit. Jeez. So it was not yeah. busy, which how, I don't understand that. Do you know how flow. many? Yeah. Like 15 patients total in a 12 well, hour, or eight hour period? Oh, no. Like since, well, when I got there, like in the ER area, uh-huh. as far as we can see how many patients are in there. Oh, I see. There's okay. only 15. Okay. And so I assume. And that's, that's not that less. many. Yeah. And they sent them all on their way. So it wasn't like long drawn out traumas. Right. And that can what be the problem sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that, and we have helicopter patients being helicoptered in. Right. And that's the thing is like, I was also saying we were sitting there waiting, but I mean, there are more pressing people that are being taken care of. So So you can't, (laughs) yeah. And also, but I mean, like you can't really complain. You're like, well, they actually are saving lives. Whereas your thumb, it's not nice, but it's not going to kill you. You know? So we weren't like upset. We were just like, no, I know. It's kind of in shock of that. We were there. I guess we were bored of routine. That's what yeah, that's what you get when you say you're bored of your routine. <laughs> like you're not dying. You don't have chest pain. That's why you always say you have chest pain. When I know. You go to the ER. I have chest pain, and they'll get you in right away. <laughs> he actually let when we left there. He was like, "So would we have gotten faster if I said that?" He said, "Yeah, but like, don't do that." I know. Obviously. Don't do that. We're not yeah. recommending that you yeah, do that to our <laughs> listeners. But yes, do if, if you're actually having chest. If pain, you're actually having chest pain, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want you to have a heart attack. Well, anyway, so everything yeah, turned out okay. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's just the worst. <laughs> I know. Well, the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, a couple things from last week's episode. We talked a lot about um, neutropenia and having like a suppressed immune system. Um, and I kind of wanted to go into just a little more detail on these topics. Uh, so we have like four different large groups of white blood cells. Um, And last week, like I said, we talked a lot about neutrophils, Um, but the white white blood cells are also known as leukocytes. That's like their official name. Um, And they're important in defending the body against infection. Uh, There are different types. There is a big category category called granulocytes. Um, And they're called that because you can see these like granules when you look at them under the microscope. And they're made in the bone marrow. And the most common type is the neutrophil. Um, There are also basophils and eosinophils. Um, So those are all granulocytes. And basically, they help fight infection by eating or ingesting the microorganisms that, you know, like the bad guys that enter your body. They basically eat them and release an enzyme that kills the microorganism. Um, So... They're, those are, yeah. Uh, so neutrophils make up about 55 to 70% of white blood cells. They're mm-hmm. also monocytes, which are important in protecting body against germs, and lymphocytes, um, which make proteins called antibodies that help fight against pathogens. Antibodies, pathogens, I don't know. Germs. Yeah. Um, germs. They, they, they <laughs> can the kill germs. Terms. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's the white blood cells. Um, then, of course, there are red blood cells. And the job of red blood cells are to pick up oxygen in the lungs and carry it to the rest of the body. Um, they also bring carbon dioxide back to the lungs um, so you can, like, exhale it. And um, if you're low on your red blood cells, 
you're considered to be anemic because they transport heme, right? Hemoglobin mm-hmm. just broke up into heme and iron and yeah, it's hemoglo- a very yeah. interesting oxygen. chemistry. Um, so very complex. yeah, so if you have yeah. low red blood cells, you're considered anemic. If at a certain point you can feel really tired, weak, mm-hmm. you can look pale. Um, severe anemia can cause like shortness of breath and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just talking about these because these are all part of our what make up our blood. And we talked a lot about the having suppressed immune system last week. So I figured this was kind of mm-hmm. relevant. Part of it. Um, and then there are platelets. Um, it's kind of thought of like a type of blood cell, but they're actually small pieces of a cell. And they start out as a large cell in the bone marrow called megakaryocyte, if you want to know the fancy word. <laughs> um, and then pieces of that break off and they enter the bloodstream as platelets. And you need platelets because it helps your blood clot. They plug up damaged areas of blood vessels, um, like when you get cuts or bruises. Um, and then if you're short on platelets, so you don't have enough, it's called thrombocytopenia. This is lots of words of the day yeah. that we're learning Is right there now. lots of really large words? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a lot of information, but I didn't want to like spend too much time, but I wanted yeah. to talk about it because it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have enough platelets, you can have, you know, abnormal bleeding or bruising. Um, and then where all of these different types of red and white blood cells are made and platelets are in the bone marrow. So the bone marrow is found in the middle of certain bones in your body, primarily like the large bones, your femur, um, your large mm-hmm. long bones. Um, and it's made up of blood forming cells, fat cells and supporting tissue um, and some stem cells. And stem cells are needed to make new blood cells. So there we go. Yeah, lots of good stuff in there. Yeah. So very complicated stuff, the blood. Yeah. It's yeah, really, it's, it's really, really interesting. It is. And um, we're gonna post a picture accompanying airing of this on Facebook. And it kind of is a breakdown of everything I just talked about, starting with the blood stem cells and then how those break off into red and white blood cells and platelets and all that good info. Yeah. Do you remember the magic school bus? Yes. And I love that episode because I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to talk about. Oh my about. gosh. It's hilarious. Um, I love it. They yeah. go inside the body. It's such a good one for kids. Yeah. I hope they still have that. It's a good yeah. one for adults. I want to like rewatch it. I know. It. I'm like, oh, that's how that works. We should have done that in nursing school. <laughs> I know. Do you think it's like accurate? Like if we went back now as know, nurses. We should do that. that should be some of our homework. That's, that would be fun. I mean, I know it's been probably some scientific development since then. Yes, so. that's true. Probably be like, nah, I don't know, kids. We're going to yeah. make a new version of this. No, <laughs> that was such a fun episode. Yeah, that's funny. You're like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's an episode. I have no idea what it's called, but of... The magic school yeah. bus. So Miss Frizzle takes all oh of my her, gosh, I her name. students <laughs> on the school bus into the one of the students' bodies, I think. Oh, yeah. Right? And they explore like... It was a guy that was homesick. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was homesick. Yeah. So they were looking at all his white blood cells that were all like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like he yeah. has an infection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want to go home and like yeah, rewatch I know. this. Me too. It's magic so school good. Bus homework. Okay. We got to try to find that. Stream yeah. that somewhere. <laughs> um. Anyway, so so yes. just to finish re-explaining a couple things. So we also talked about MDS or myelodysplastic syndrome uh, last week. And it's- What was that again? Uh, myelodysplastic syndrome. Wow. So it's when 
the cells made in your bone marrow are abnormal or dysplastic. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Dysplastic? Dysplastic? Anyway. And so the cells that make all of your cells are having a problem making new blood cells. And um, many of the cells formed by the bone marrow are not working very well. They often die earlier than normal cells. Um, so your body can destroy some cells. Some So anyway, you're not, your bone marrow is not making really good cells. Something's wrong with them. They're not living very long, so you don't have enough. So you can become anemic or have several other different issues. Um, different cell types can be affected, um, but the most common is red blood cells. So if you have myelodysplastic syndrome, your bone marrow is basically not functioning and you have um, not enough red blood cells. So there's many different, um, many different disease or it's, it's Issues. different yeah. syndromes. It's not like yeah, one, but it's like a different category. Um, so the treatment's basically, um, helping take care of the symptoms, um, avoiding complications, giving blood transfusions or blood growth factor. Cause you're not making enough cells that are, that are working very well. So you need to try to make more, um, give medications, chemotherapy, stem cell transplant. Um, doesn't work for everybody. It just kind of depends on what's going on. Yeah. Uh, have That's you heard of that before? Want. I have not. Yeah. I don't know very much about the blood diseases. And- yeah. They're also yeah, complicated. They are. That's why there's specialists in every type of I know. field. And, and the specialist for blood yeah. is a hematologist. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of ties up the blood cell whatnots, um, resplaining. Uh, we also talked about clozapine last time. Um, because it can suppress your immune system. So it was on the mm-hmm. topic. And just to clarify, it's an antipsychotic. It can treat schizophren- schizophrenia um, symptoms and reduce suicidal behavior in, in schizo- schizophrenia. Um, anyway, and then I wanted to talk about blowburn pathogens, but I want to hear what you want to say first. Oh, I'm like, are you sure? Okay. Yes. Well, today we are going to talk about surgery. Yay. And because I do work on a unit that we do a lot of surgeries. I'm on ortho and trauma. And although there's many different types of surgeries you can get, probably one of the most common ones that m- most of our listeners might go through in their lifetime mm-hmm. is something ortho. Either mm-hmm. that being they broke a bone and need surgery or they came in for eventually, most of us are probably going to need a new joint. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah so knees and hips or shoulders we do a lot of those at the hospital. Is there mm. one that's more common, like knee, hip, or shoulder that um, you see? or More knees and hips. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Probably a lot of knees. But yeah. I mean, we definitely do a healthy mix of all of those. Sure. We have a yeah. lot of patients at our office that are constantly like asking for cardiac clearance to go in for, oh, yes. for um, knee or that? hip surgery. Exactly. Yes. So that's what I was going to talk about is what to mm-hmm. expect if you're a patient. Mm-hmm. So first, what to expect. And... Hopefully it's something planned. Like say you're going to go in for a new knee. And the first step is your doctor will probably want to hold off as long as possible. They Mm -hmm. don't want to do it when you're too young because these joints don't last forever. Mm -hmm. And I know they're making them better than they used to be. Right. And they can last a while. But most of the patients we see are probably 60s, 70s, even older than that. So they'll try to hold off until you really, really need that 
new knee. And I actually see a lot of nurses in there too hmm. that come yeah. in and needs things. Because On our feet all yeah, the time. Nursing can be a rough job. Yeah. And so you're first going to get clearance from your primary care doctor. And mm-hmm. if you do see a specialist, like a cardiologist, then you're going to need to get clearance from them. Make sure you're healthy enough to actually undergo surgery. Mm-hmm. Depending if you have other comorbidities, um, that could be a factor in how safe surgery is for you. And I know someone's going to say this, so it's actually not clearance. It is risk stratification. <laughs> um, I, we call it clearance, but um, Sarah always corrects me on this oh, one. Because it, it's risk stratification. So we can't <laughs> say someone's like officially clear. We can say we have That's evaluated true. them and we think their risk is low for this specific That's surgery on, in a cardiac perspective. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, you're cleared. Everything's going to be great. It's called risk stratification. Yeah. But we do, we slang it and say clearance. clearance. Yeah. Anyway, I just knew like someone from our oh, office yeah. is going to yell at me <laughs> if I don't say that. <laughs> yes, because something can always happen. There's always a risk, even if you're right. a super healthy person. Right. There's always a risk, mm-hmm. but it's very low, especially in in orthopedic surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. I'll talk about the risk later, but right. um, yeah. So once you get your risk stratification, stratification clearance, clearance, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you're going to see the orthopedist or you may, have, you know, you would have seen them first and they'll set you up for a date mm-hmm. and they'll usually, we usually offer classes so people can know what to expect a little more oh. in detail. They can choose to go or not. It's I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And usually now we send them home with a thing called a CHG bath. Huh, Chlorhexidine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think my mom actually did that recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they make it really easy. And they we do it at the hospital, too, if patients are inpatient and going to a surgery. Uh-huh. It just has to be done about 12 hours before surgery. And it just cleans. It doesn't feel that good is what I hear. But oh, really? But it cleans like all bacteria off your skin. What does it feel and like? They do tingly it again. or something? Or? I think it just feels dry. Mm. Like it's just So is it? Sticky, it's like a like liquid a, that comes in a bottle? Cloth. and you- so it's like little oh. wipes. So it's all ready to go. Like wipes. So this is for your face, you know, or your upper body. This is for your torso. This is for your back and your legs. So I think it's like three or four wipes and mm. they just have to put it on. They'll do it again during surgery, but this mm. is just to help prevent infections mm. that can occur. Yeah. So it's an extra protector. Mm. <laughs> is it killing like good and bad bacteria? It's, it's killing, just killing everything. bacteria yeah, in general. Yeah, bacteria in general. Because you're going to cut open so yep. you don't want anything to go inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's not... Hmm usually people's favorite part. I wonder how long have they been doing that for? Well, we just implemented it in doing it in patient probably about a year. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, I haven't heard of it, I mean, within the last year. Yeah, I think just with new research coming out, they found that's yeah. the best practice. Huh. And another thing is your doctor will ask you to go NPO, usually at midnight, mm-hmm. and... Sometimes I forget, I'm like throwing this word around the hospital and I'll, you're going to be NPO and they're yeah. like, what's that now? Yeah. So it means nothing by mouth. That's what we say, but it's actually a Latin phrase and the English translation is nothing through the mouth. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And it's like something per orum or something, right? In Latin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I was trying to look up yesterday. I found it really easily what the Latin NPO means. Interesting. Oh, well, it, most I most medical it. words, and yeah. anyway, we'll end up resplain that next week. I yeah. just can't find. But it they right end now. up. But they all stem from like Latin it's words. It's all Latin words. All these like words that we're telling you about, and that's why it's so weird sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, we're like, what's that? That's yeah. why we're doing word of the day. Yeah, it's yeah. all Latin. So. Okay, so they give you the chlorhexidine. Did you say wipes bath? Yeah. So you do during. it at home if you're at home. So mm-hmm. if you're coming in for a scheduled surgery. 
you get to do that yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we just trust that you did it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you sign a little waiver that you did you'd it. You'd think <laughs> like you'd want to. You don't want to. Yeah. I wouldn't want to like nod and risk infection. Mm-hmm. Oh. The doctor has you sign a clearance, mm-hmm. you know, that this is a consent that is that you are going to do, that he's going to do, he or she is going to do surgery on you. Mm-hmm. And that this is what they propose to do. They have to write exactly. And if we're doing it inpatient, we have to write exactly what the doctor wrote and this is what the consent is and what what used to happen is doctors are a little better now but they would abbreviate Mm. in there and you can't have any abbreviations right like because they have to understand right the patient informed consent or or something Uh, of the right right leg it has to say um open reduction Mm -hmm. like the whole word written out right an internal fixation is that just for like patient understanding I think not, it's like a legal thing mostly. Yeah, that's but true. yes, it is patient understanding. And that's the other thing is if they're inpatient, the doctor should like literally be the one doing the consent with them. Like right. sitting down, like this right. is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Sign it with me. Does that most of the time not happen? Doesn't yeah. Happen. <laughs> but I won't have a patient sign it unless I said, did the doctor come in and talk to you? Did they explain to you the risks and the benefits? Do you feel right. prepared to go forward with this? without any concern Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and usually that's already happened so we can move forward and the patient signs consent and I'm a witness Mm -hmm. but really the doctor should be the one doing it yeah yeah. (laughs) because I remember I had a patient one time he he said no the doctor I have questions but of course it's like the middle of the night now or 10 p.m and there's the surgeons you don't just call them like you can't get a hold of them you're not going to do that and of course his surgery this always happens to me like something goes wrong and their their surgery is like first thing in the morning. Sure. Like 6.30 or 7. Of course. And I'm like, yeah, right. So I remember that morning, the stupid PACU nurse pre-op called for a report and I said, he still has questions. And usually that's okay. The doctor gets there early, can come talk with the patient mm-hmm. before doing surgery. And she's like, well, this doctor doesn't show up until like right before. So this is a problem. You're going to need to call him. I don't know how this became my problem. Like yeah. she should be the one calling, but right. whatever. So I called this doctor on his cell phone and he, you know, I could like barely hear him with the like shitty reception. It's probably like driving in his yeah, car. Yeah, he's driving in his like, car. I'm like, I can barely hear you. And it's yeah. like 7.05. I'm supposed to be giving a report right now oh my to gosh. my other nurses yeah. that are taking my patients. So I'm like, yeah, he has questions. And he's like, oh, oh my gosh. You know, he was all like huffy mm-hmm. about it. I'm like, well, you're the one that didn't come and explain everything to him. Like that's right. your freaking job. Yeah. Yeah. You're not some prima donna that can just come perform surgery and not show up early and talk to your, your patient. Yeah. It's really important. So it's so annoying to me, but he, this isn't most doctors anyway. Mm-hmm. This is just occasional few. A few. Yeah. And I was like, well, how about you, can you talk to him on the phone right now? I was like, I'll go into his room. Will you just talk to him? And he's like, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I could tell the That's patient a was idea. a little annoyed. And yeah. I was like, hey, here's the doctor on the phone. Will you talk to him? And I could yeah. tell the patient was a little annoyed, like would rather talk to him in person. Sure, understandably. But he did and everything was fine after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, what a pain in the butt. Yeah. Just for so this. had he talked to him, but then he had um, more questions yeah, and like there wasn't- he had talked to him during like the day shift, mm-hmm. but it sounds like he still had questions and concerns. Right. It comes up a lot. Patients forget something. They're oh, overwhelmed. Gosh, yeah. You know, something happens. And that's like the surgeries are- patients are admitted and then find out they're going to need surgery mm-hmm. versus like, that's why I prefer when patients come to us, like they're all ready, mm-hmm. you know, everything's set, the consent yeah. is done. They're, it's not last minute. Yeah. 
everything yeah. is. It's a lot of information right. too to digest or a new diagnosis or something. And yeah. the last thing you're thinking so of much your information. Yeah, or like your questions. And then when mm. you have time to sit alone in a hospital room for many hours, you go, Oh wait, I do have yeah. questions. Yeah, exactly. But no, my surgery is tomorrow morning, like, you know, yeah, it's and just, patients get questions about insurance and all these things mm-hmm. I cannot answer. Right. Like is my insurance like, gonna cover I don't this? Know. Like what's the plan? I'm like, it's it's midnight. I can't yeah. help you with that right now. Nobody's yeah. here. Especially you, you work night yeah, shift. So it's stuck with weird things. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Because normally you'd be like, oh, let me ask the social worker yeah, or exactly. whoever like, you ask. No social yeah. worker. So anyway, that's why if they, if you're all prepared at home, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's something, I guess, to our listeners, if you're going to be having surgery in the hospital, just try to, you know, stay calm. Think of questions you want to ask your doctor because in the middle of the night, you're not gonna be able to get those things answered mm-hmm. and nurses won't always know the answer. Yeah. So just try to make a nice list if you can. Think yeah. Of that for Write it down. Yeah. Have other people with mm-hmm. you. Um, another thing you can expect for surgery is, so you're going to have to go NPO, nothing to eat. <laughs> that means water too, which surprises a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the reason is not to be cruel, but you're going to be getting anesthesia and that can make a lot of people nauseous and you do not want to be throwing up in the middle of the surgery while you're intubated. Yeah. Yeah, which is... That wouldn't be good. Yeah, and then you could ask for is basically monitoring your vital signs and keeping you with a safe amount of anesthesia while the surgeon is performing the surgery. Mm-hmm. And so after surgery too can be a concern. Some people get nauseous. So that's something else to keep in mind. People get really nervous about that, but usually medicine is ordered. The doctor is really good about ordering anti-nausea medicine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So nothing by mouth really means no water, water, nothing by mouth. Unless the doctor gave you a specific, sometimes they'll say it's okay to take some pills with a sip of water. Like you can get a pain med or something. Or like a lot of diabetics I know have exceptions. You can have your, you know, whatever. I mean, if you have a low blood sugar, there's really nothing you can do except have glucose. So probably like apple juice, because then it's not solid food, but it's a clear liquid that is better than nothing. And you can still go with the surgery. That is a good, good question. Because we get that too in the hospital Mm -hmm. or a good comment. Um, If you're diabetic, make sure you ask your doctor what your plan should be for that. And if you should be checking your blood sugar more often and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah. yeah, we we get a lot of that because we do like a lot. Right. They do procedures, planned procedures, mostly planned. <laughs> um, you know, scheduled from our office in the hospital, and then we have like a certain. Um, I think the schedulers tell them kind of like, bless you, the cat just sneezed. <laughs> Hi, monkey. Um, hanging out with us. They have uh, pamphlets that they give them, you know, information if you're diabetic, if you're non-diabetic, and I always hear them asking that all the time because then the plan's going to change. But sometimes they forget and they'll call us and then we're like, we ask the doctor, you know, do they, and they usually say cut their long acting basal insulin in half Mm -hmm. for 24 hours. So the blood sugar would be a little bit higher to go into surgery. That's true. They usually want it a little higher. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to risk a low because that kind of will stall everything and it can be life threatening. So anyway, just, yeah, always have a plan. Make sure everyone knows you're diabetic. Yes. Um, one yeah, or make two sure they know and, and what meds you take. Right. And that is another good thing I was going to mention about medications and what to expect when you're in the hospital. Make sure you tell your doctor and your surgeon what medications you take because mm-hmm. I see it so many times that things don't get reordered and they just cannot live without their atorvastatin that night. Yeah. You know? oh, or right. meds yeah. that are actually pretty important mm-hmm. that they need. Mm-hmm. You mean you while know? they're in patient? While they're in patient because it's hard to get things ordered with the on-call physician uh-huh. that 
you know, is there at nighttime. So yeah. all of a sudden it'll be And it's like not like a life-threatening medication. Yeah. yeah. But there, then there is some that are super important. Like we want you to be on your blood pressure meds. Right. If you are diabetic, you they may change your medications. And that's something else to know. A lot of times they don't, if you're on like an oral metformin or something, mm-hmm. if you're a type 2 diabetic, they won't have that in the hospital. Don't they switch to like sliding scale insulin or yeah, something? Yeah, so we usually do just insulin to keep mm-hmm. a closer eye on things. Yeah. And that's something I think that surprises a lot of people and they're mm-hmm. really freaked out because they, I don't take insulin. Yeah. You know, and we try to explain to them why it's at least here and why we're doing that and why their blood sugar might be higher. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. But, Everything's yes. a little different in the hospital <laughs> yeah. and you just have to, you're only there usually temporarily. Things are different temporarily and then get things straightened out. But yep. I think what you were saying is when you're, before you go in, before you're mm-hmm. admitted, make sure they know the current list of meds you're taking so that when you're there, they can give you theirs. Yeah, so those get ordered and right. still sometimes things get missed and we'll call right. the doctor if needed, but it might be one night without some of those less important things. Right. right. And if you need something for sleep, please ask for it. You mm-hmm. know, if you normally take like a trazodone or something, mm-hmm. make sure you get that ordered. What if you don't? What if you don't normally, but you really can't sleep? Some of the surgeons do order an Ambien mm. as needed. Mm-hmm. Other times that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. It might be the first night you get crappy sleep. And then yeah. the next day we have to ask the doctor when they come see you, is it safe for this patient to be on a sleeping pill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to help. Yeah, sometimes the on-calls will not want to just start that on someone when they don't know this patient. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Older people don't do well with Ambien and Mm -hmm. other sleeping pills Mm -hmm. because they can really alter you, especially after surgery. Yeah. (laughs) After anesthesia, people could get a little crazy. Right. Oh, man. Do you see... I know... know, uh, Sorry, continue and then I'll ask questions. no, ask a question. Oh, um, so... How long until, because I know there's app that have the surgery, so they get wheeled in, they go in the mm-hmm. morning to the um, to the pre-op area, yeah. and then there's, is that PACU? Yeah, it's like Pre- PACU, pre-op, post-op, it's in the same oh, general the same area, area. So they go, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's near the same area. It's like right, right near the surgery. So they'll be on the general floor with you, and then in mm-hmm. the morning before the surgery, they go to the pre-op area and the doctor will round on them and say, hey, we're going to do your surgery. Yeah, I'm not sure what happens there, but I assume normal doctors would go see their patients there and talk to them before, make sure everything's good, and then they'd go to surgery. And then they come out of surgery and they're monitored again Mm -hmm. until everything is stable, and then they go back to you on the regular floor. and then they come to us. And yes, that's a good question because what patients can expect then Mm -hmm. is coming back to the floor we got our report from the PACU. Hopefully everything sounds stable. We want to know what meds they got, how much pain meds, if they're in pain, if they're having numbness, because a lot of patients get you know, a spinal block and they might mm. have some numbness because that's helping prevent the pain. Right. And just any pertinent information, are they on oxygen? How are they breathing? Are they awake and right. alert? Have they had any ice chips or water yet? How, so once, what's mm-hmm. that? How, how painful is, so are a lot of people on like, I don't know how painful in compared to other surgeries like recovering from like hip or knee replacement oh, yeah. is. Are they on morphine or are they on IV? Like <laughs> are people usually okay? Or? Yeah, well, so most, they do have a block normally and Explain so they'll be okay is. right away. What's Explain that? what the block is. Um, so the anesthesiologist will give some type of block, either a nerve block or a spinal block uh-huh. injection and it is... Is it no, kind of like an epidural type yeah, of thing? Like so it numbs Yeah, you so from... it numbs the area, but mm-hmm. sometimes it'll just be like the local area. Okay. Yeah, like a nerve block mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. Other times, 
rarely they'll do kind of like a um, duramorph, which is almost like a morphine into your spine, and that's really intense. Oh, they wow. do it not that often anymore, but I think they do it for patients with a high pain threshold. Threshold, yeah, or they, a low pain, low pain threshold, or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, feel yeah, a lot they of pain, get a lot of pain easily, <laughs> yeah. or they've been on so many narcotics through their life, so their receptors are all shot. Yeah. And those patients, we have to monitor like every hour for their mm. respiratory rate and oxygen saturation and just document, right. document, document, make yeah. sure they're good. Because more It's usually like 12 or 24 hours depending. Yeah, because it's yeah. like a lot stronger. And it suppresses your breath. So it yes. calms your body down so much, right, that you stop, you can stop breathing. Yeah, you can stop breathing, which can happen with any of the meds that we're giving you, but especially when it's Injected into your spine. Right. right. Is a Any risk. pain meds. Any pain meds. Pain meds. Yeah. yeah. Your statin is not going to do no, that. No, no, That's no. Yeah. Any pain meds that we're getting after surgery. And <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. generally going to happen in the first, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in PACU or come straight to us, which is why we monitor all those things. And the pain, I can see, I don't know. It's just weird. Some people have no pain. Mm-hmm. Rarely any. They take a Tylenol mm, yeah. after surgery. That's all they wanted. And I don't know if it's just they're stoic or... Or whatnot, but it's just not bad, doctors yeah. are good about ordering, like usually oral pills, different doses based on the patient's pain level, and then breakthrough pain meds. We call it mm-hmm. if the oral pills are not working. That's usually right. an IV pain med, like morphine or Dilaudid, mm-hmm. and we have to stagger all these meds as right. well. Right, mm-hmm. right. They're different classes yeah, different of medications, classes, different so you can types. Right. Sometimes we give a medicine that works really well called Toradol, mm-hmm. and that is not a narcotic. It's an IV NSAID. Hmm. and mm-hmm. it is very potent. They don't want to give it too often because it can be strong. But it works like really well. kidney function. Yeah. Sure. So if you have bad kidney function, they may not order this right. medicine for you, but yeah. it is. it works really well. Have you had yeah. surgery before? I have not. No. I know. I feel like, no. <laughs> and I feel like I would be like, what, like one of those pansies, like you touch me and I think it hurts, even though it's probably just like my mind freaking myself yeah. out. But like, because I've, I've had like tons of tattoos and oh, yeah. uh, I hate it. Really? I mean, I don't know many people that don't hate it. Like even my tattoo artists like hate getting tattooed because it hurts so bad. But um, That's so crazy. It's but, like an addiction though. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know. Other people also hate it. I think just it's your pain tolerance mixed with how well you, ex- or how you express it. Yes. So I, my, like I have a big rib tattoo and that was not fun. I was holding my friend's hand. By the end of it, I was kind of, tears were coming out of my face. You know, I wasn't sobbing because it wasn't like a bad situation. It just hurt really bad, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, oh my gosh, breathing hard. And then Carter, he, he always made fun of me. How was a pansy? And then he got a side tattoo a couple of years ago. And, but he was the opposite. He didn't want me to touch him because it made it worse. <laughs> yes. But he just lied there quietly. You would never know. But he said it was like the worst pain he's had. So yeah. everyone expresses pain differently and also can handle a certain amount of pain. So it's like a weird combination. I think like, I feel like I'd be like, I can't handle it, but mostly because it's freaking me out. I know. The mental part of it gets to yeah. me. And it's it's tricky too, because pain is subjective. And we are, we always ask people, what's your pain number? But right. it's like, okay, somebody's 10 could be somebody else's five. Right, right. And, and it's your own experience. So yeah. your experience is, is valid and it's mm-hmm. totally different than someone else. You just never yeah. know. But you should never be in that much pain. And I tell my patients- please just tell me as soon as you're starting to get any pain, we want to start some pain medicine before right. this gets out of control. Yeah. Because if you can catch it early mm-hmm. and stay on top of it, mm-hmm. then you'll have a better experience. Right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. some people I think wait too long or they 
don't real, they're not moving. They're like, I'm fine. And then, you know, they go to move their leg and it's a 10 out of 10 pain. And I'm like, you needed to, you know, we don't want you like kicking your leg all around, but we want you to make sure you are able to move because you have a lot of physical therapy. We need, this is the idea here. You're moving, you're getting back to your lifestyle. Yeah. And if you don't move, you can't do that. But if you're in pain, you won't want to move. So also like in general, in the healthcare world is like you said, get, you, you want to treat it when there's minimal pain, you give the med, um, instead of waiting till there's severe pain, because it's really hard to take care of pain that is already really strong. But mm-hmm. if it's minimal, you know, you can, you can take care of it and it, it, it's easier to get rid of. It's easier to handle it. And it doesn't end up getting so bad. You stay on it. You stay on a routine yep. with your meds. Um, and it's like that for a reason, you know, exactly. Don't be stoic because it's going to hurt you yeah, in the end. I know. It'll prevent your recovery if you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. I have patients that are polar opposites. Like some don't want to take anything. They don't yeah. want to take any of the meds. I'm like, no, you have to at least take the aspirin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because right. it is prevent helping prevent blood clots. Mm-hmm. So it's usually an oral aspirin that we give twice a day. Mm-hmm. The doctors mm-hmm. order that. Oh yeah. Talk about the side effects. So of, of I mean, sorry, not side effects, but things that can happen like with surgery. Oh, yeah, the risks. The, the risks, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, so blood clots is a big one. Mm-hmm. and Especially with like bone surgery, right? Isn't yeah, bone clots a big one? Sur- surgery. And like you were talking about earlier, just the blood and where the blood is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can have some blood loss with these major surgeries, like mm-hmm. hip, mostly the knee. And I think hip is a little less vascular. Mm. But we do, you know, there's still some bleeding risk, which has, I would say, reduced significantly because there's... Oh, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's like trans, we're going to do a resplay next yeah. week, transfemeric acid or something that's uh-huh. a newer thing to my knowledge that they've been using, and at least at our hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's something they give during surgery that helps prevent the bleeding and it's reduced hmm. us needing to do blood transfusions oh, after wow. surgery. They'll yeah. tell us the EBL, which is the estimated blood loss after mm-hmm. surgery. And it's usually Less not too using much. This. Yeah. Occasionally they'll put in a little hemovac drain to collect anything extra. Which one's the hemovac? It's like the little suction that you squish all the way down. Oh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> and then I can't to empty it, you pop it open. So it's just like creating a constant suction. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. a little tube that comes out of the area, right? And then it this is, like, yeah. So a lot like of our orthopedic surgeries have that more uh-huh. the, you know, if you broke your leg and you have to have a surgery to put it back together, that's, mm-hmm. I see it a lot with those or ankles okay. Okay. or shoulders, total shoulders. And so occasionally we, we're still doing blood transfusions, mm-hmm. but not very often. Is that, that if something goes one. wrong? It's just if we're watching your blood count every day, so your hemoglobin, hematocrit, right. if they drop to a point the doctor finds dangerous, mm-hmm. we will transfuse. Right. Yeah, okay. So it's didn't. not, I didn't, yeah. yeah I, I was thinking common. like during surgery or something. Oh, they, I'm you like know, a, sometimes during surgery they would. Yeah. yeah. But that's usually more probably emergency surgeries right. or traumas. Traumas. Yeah, yeah. That there's just going to be a lot of blood loss. Yeah. But yeah, the total joints are very, very low uh-huh. risk for that. What about like um, fat embolisms? Doesn't, isn't that like a specific side effect for um, Yeah, we'll have to talk more about that bone. sometime. Um, because I haven't seen one, luckily. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fat embolism can happen, pulmonary embolism. So that's what I was going to say about the blood clots uh-huh. is 
That's why we want you to be on aspirin. Uh, usually your doctor will have you continue that a couple of weeks after surgery. They mm-hmm. don't want you to be taking this before surgery. They'll tell mm-hmm. you parameters on when to stop any type of blood thinner you might be on. Right, because we don't want you to bleed more. Yeah. And if you are on something because you have, you know, we've talked about atrial fibrillation before. Mm-hmm. And if you're on Coumadin or another blood thinner, mm-hmm. your doctor will talk to you about that and bridging before surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so much. We can explain bridging yeah, we can another explain all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But usually they'll be on just aspirin after surgery mm-hmm. and that's helping prevent the blood clots and also ambulating. So walking around and doing your exercises are super important after surgery. Right. And breathing, also, doing the incentive spirometer, yes, which you did like the first yeah. episode, <laughs> helps other complications like pneumonia that can happen after surgery. Yeah, there's these things called SCDs, mm-hmm. the sequential compression devices, and they go on your legs. And some people hate them, but they're super important because mm-hmm. they're helping prevent blood clots. Yeah, because you're lying in a bed, yeah, for especially most at nighttime, time. because yeah. you're not moving as much. Right, and blood clots are very real. Thing that mm-hmm. can really mess up your life after surgery. Yeah. And they're actually pretty common. Yeah. And they're the number one thing you can do to prevent it is you following your instructions. Right. Yeah. Like taking your aspirin, taking walking, your aspirin, moving, walking, moving, letting anyone know if you yeah. have pain in your calves yes. or, yeah, we'll or talk about all that. <laughs> other symptoms. Swelling. Yeah. yeah redness, redness. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And another complication, pulmonary embolism, mm-hmm. which is a blood clot to the lung. So mm-hmm. it can be a lung clot that traveled to the lung. Yeah, or one in your leg that traveled to your lung, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway. DVT. Um, yeah. Vein thrombosis. Mm-hmm. Blood clot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we actually get a lot of DVTs in yeah, our, in our office and we treat mm-hmm. them. Um, but I had a question for you. How long after orthopedic surgery does a patient in general, for you know, no complications, stay in the hospital for? So they're trying to get them out to just stay one night. But okay. it typically is at least two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, so most people so that are doing fast. well. Yeah, and I heard that Kaiser now is like getting them out that day. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I wouldn't want to. I, I, I want someone watching me at least 24 hours. I know. Well, that's I mean, like, you know. exactly. Then there's that too. But I, a lot of people just have pain or you know need more physical therapy, which yes, you can get outpatient. But right. what I've noticed with patients is they feel great their first day, they're up on their pain meds, but then the mm-hmm. second day, and even after doing physical therapy that first day, mm-hmm. they're just sore right. and they're tired and they're in more pain. Yeah, And then they kind of have a turn for the, right. you know, they get discouraged, but I just remind them this, you did a lot yesterday, this, you know, so they might just need to stay mm-hmm. two or three nights. Right. Yeah. But that's normal. If they're really not doing great, and usually this would be anticipated before surgery. It all depends on what your, your activity level, yeah, your activity level, mm-hmm. your health, everything before surgery. Mm-hmm. Like, are you overweight? Like, that's going to make a big difference. Right. So sometimes they do have to go to a, a rehab facility after. Oh, you yeah. You know, like a skilled nursing rehab. Right. For yeah. a short period of time? Yes. For Just more because- physical therapy. Yeah. And, yeah. and and more acute care than they could get maybe at home, but you're not enough to be in a hospital. Exactly. So they do a rehab. Yeah. And they may not have anyone to help them. That mm. can be a big thing. Yeah. If you have a lot of help at home and your home is easy to get around because mm-hmm. you're going to have a walker, you know, right. stairs are going to be difficult. Sure. Just yeah. it kind of depends your safety. I always wonder that, like, because we have patients that off, will go in for surgery and they do end up going... I mean, you know, I hear about it because they're calling from the rehab, like, I need med, my meds are all off, you know. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> so it's it's things. just if you don't have anyone Yeah, at or home someone can't or help you, or your husband's really old, right. or, you know, something that's... Or you're their caregiver or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Or yeah, if you're you don't have you're not married or mm-hmm. you don't have anyone else, right. kids near you that can take care of you. Sure. Yeah. So that huh. can all be a factor. Interesting. It's so much that goes saying. into it. So much. Yeah. yeah. A lot of planning. Lots of. The nurses communicating with the doctors, mm-hmm. communicating with the patients. With the social workers, with yeah, the insurance the company, workers. with oh, yeah. the caregivers, with the oh, family. Yeah. Yeah. It can be Tons. really complicated. So there's a lot that goes in the surgery. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the, and I know I'm missing things. I mean, there's a ton more I could talk about. So I, yeah. if our listeners would ask any specific questions yeah. they had, I'd love yeah. to hear those. Um, questions about surgery or if you have a surgery story. Oh yeah. No, I'd love to hear a surgery story. Um, or your experience. I'll give you yeah. the information where you can write in. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had plenty of surgeries. <laughs> I wonder, do you, do you know if Sarah's had a surgery? No, she has, right? She's had, has she? I don't know. What did she have? Uh, We're going to be I making things up now. I don't know. I'm like, what did she have? <laughs> I don't remember. No, I, I know. I feel like I she has. Yeah. Maybe not. I've never um, even had an IV. You what? Yeah. You haven't? No. This is all going to change when I go to the. I know it's like you're when I have a baby. baby. <laughs> it's like what the hell? Like, wow, like yeah, I'm not used to being okay. the patient. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I know if that's you're like healthy. a happy experience, but yeah, well, it's still like yeah. I haven't been in the hospital. I'm going to be the worst patient ever. I just yeah. know it. <laughs> you're going to be like, did you clean that? Like, did you really I know, clean that? I hate beforehand? taking care of nurses. I'm like, ugh. But most of the time, they're fine. They're like really cute and like, you know, they understand what's going right. on. But sometimes they're self entitled, like. I want a private room mm-hmm. and I want this. And why is this not mm-hmm. like that? Like I'm yeah. VIP. I'm like, you don't even work at this hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen totally both. I've seen like really, really like happy fun. It makes it an easier patient because yeah. they already know all of the stuff you're doing. Uh, and then the opposite where they're kind of like, I feel like how I would be in like, did you, did you do that? Well, did you do this? Yeah. Well, did you do that? Like, because I'm paranoid, you know, someone's taking care of me and I know too much. And sometimes that's I'm like, how long have you been a nurse? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, Tell me what you're doing. Oh my gosh. That's interesting. Well, it'll be neat. You can talk about your whole experience. Like that's after true. you have the baby yeah. and if I didn't block it all out, what's that like? <laughs> I know. No, it's going to be, I'm excited for you. All right, is Jessup really excited? He is. Is he yeah. nervous? No, he is. He's like, oh my God, you're 20 weeks. Like we're already halfway there. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Like It's crazy to think about. It is. Yeah. But I mean, you got to think those first four weeks, I didn't even know I was pregnant because you're technically not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like two weeks that you're not. That's like the, you know, it, they go by your last period. Right. So Which is, obviously, isn't that weird? Like why would they do yeah, that? Yeah, there wasn't some like immaculate conception right there at, Yeah, <laughs> when I had my period, you know? Right. So it was like two or so weeks and then there's a the time for the implantation. And It's funny yeah. how the dates aren't. And that's why no one actually gives a birth on their due date. First of all, you can't predict anything. Oh, and yeah. also it's not like, you know, you don't exactly know when it actually, you know, I mean, I, know, I, I, wish I, I did suppose know. you do. Cool. Some people I, say they can feel when things happen. I'm like, I don't think so. I felt it implant in my <laughs> uterine lining. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I'm not that in tune to my body, which I is know. probably why I haven't felt this baby kick. Uh, oh, but you will. Maybe you <laughs> yeah. have, and you're like, oh, I know, it's I a may gas have. bubble. I feel like, exactly. I'm like, maybe, is that? But it's just oh. so subtle. You're like, is that? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you don't That's look bizarre. pregnant. <laughs> when you walked in, I was like, oh, mm. every time I see him, from the side. Look at that belly. I've been taking some belly pictures every week with yeah. my app but oh, yeah here exciting we want you to write in with those questions write in with questions um thank you so much for listening guys even though we had no wine i hope you could um cheers along with us you can write in share your stories be featured on the podcast um our email is wwnurses at gmail.com our twitter is at 
Whining W Nurses, which is Whining with Nurses, and Facebook.com slash Whining W Nurses or at Whining W Nurses. And uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for joining. And next week we'll talk... You know, we didn't do some of the little things today, but next week we'll catch up on all that. Yeah, and if yeah, you want to catch the wheel of fun, and if you want to catch the word today or the wheel, check out our petite Sarah that airs every Monday. Yeah, sounds good. Cheers, guys. Whining with nurses.